Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stapios, and today I'm going to dive into some reflections on the church's calendar, specifically feast days and holy days of obligation and some uh, some things that have come up to me recently on how we should be celebrating this. A new revelation to me and many people I've talked to. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Send Michael the archangel, defend us in battle, be a protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So wanted to start this episode off giving you the background of where it came from. So uh, first off, it came from a guy in my men's group, Mr. Ty Flood, sent something out to a group of us um, saying, hey, I read this in the catechism um, about holidays of obligation and, and how, how we should be treating them. And it piqued my interest because I'd, I'd never read this or it never really occurred to me on, on, this, on how we should be treating them. And so that so the first takeaway from this episode is again I, I mentioned it so often even in the episode last week with Tommy Bowden he talked about surrounding yourself with other godly men and when you do that you know iron sharpens iron and so you know if you're having if your if your text chains and your friend groups are all about you know things that are not important it's all about just jokes and laugh all the time and it's never anything seriously and they're not they're not pursuing the Lord, you won't get texts like, hey, here's a picture from the catechism. Here's something I want you to, to, to think about or let's have a conversation on this. So again, the iron sharpens iron idea right off the bat, like the only reason I'm even considering having an episode on this is because a friend of mine sends me something on this. So again, that first little plug of like dive into relationships centered in Christ, right? You can still have fun. You can still talk about the football games. You can still talk about all the things. That said, if it's rooted in, in a love of Christ, if it's rooted in the striving for greatness, in doing that, you're, you will become a better person, period. You will be. And so I think that was the first thing I wanted to – and I, I talk about this with some frequency, but I wanted to bring it up right now is that you know the only reason that I'm able to have this conversation right now, this, this, these, these thoughts – and the way I'm going to relook at Holy Days of Obligation is because someone that I've become friends with, someone that is in my inner circle of my, um, my my friend group, especially when I'm with a men's group, is is also seeking the Lord and helping all of us do the same. So um, Ty Flood sends this to me, and now it sparked this. And so now I've had lots of conversations with priests. Uh, I've, I've been consulted the catechism further, and I've been doing some research on it. And I'm excited to talk about this on the, the next side. I obviously – with the new year, we are now in a new um, a new year starting on Sunday with the beginning of Advent. Uh, that is the, the the new year for the church, and so I think this is a New Year's resolution, uh, theoretically a liturgical New Year's resolution episode where we can really dive into this idea of setting time aside. What is truly the church's vision when it comes to holy days of obligation? So we're going to head to a short break. When we return, I will be diving deep into the Catechism and the church's vision for feasting and celebrating on holy days of obligation. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory. Caldwell Parish offers services that are unique to the individual while following the Catholic funeral rites. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Mercy One, your expert circle of personalized care for all your health needs. With more care locations than anyone, your best life is their one purpose. Find your doctor at mercyone.org. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dental Associates, addressing your smile needs and dreams. 515-225-6742. Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Confluence Brewing Company, located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, just south of Gray's Lake on the bike trail in Des Moines. Celebrating 10 years of brewing a passion for beer and bringing good things together. Learn more at confluencebrewing.com. My help comes you. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. As you heard in the first portion, I want to dive deep into this idea of feasting on holy days of obligation. And really, again, what started this was the, this text from Ty Flood, and it was a it was a picture just of the snapshot of the Catechism. And I'm going to read to you now this. What the Catechism actually says, okay? So this is Catechism uh, 2184. It says, Just as God, quote-unquote, rested on the seventh day from all work which he had done, human life has a rhythm of work and rest. The institution of the Lord's Day helps everyone enjoy adequate rest and leisure to cultivate their familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. On Sundays and other holy days of obligation. So boom, right there, we're already tying Sundays and holy days of obligation together. The faithful are refrained from engaging in work or activities that hinder the worship owed to God. The joy proper of the Lord's day, the performance of the works of mercy, and the appropriate relaxation of mind and body. Family needs or important social services can be legitimately excused from the obligation of Sunday rest. The faithful should see to it that the legitimate excuses do not lead to habits of prejudicial to religious family life and health. Okay, next paragraph. Those Christians who have leisure should be mindful of their brethren who have the same needs and the same rights, yet cannot rest from work because of poverty and misery. Sunday is traditionally consecrated by the Christian piety for good works and humble service to the sick, the infirmed, and the elderly. Christians will also sanctify Sunday by devoting time and care to their families and relatives, often difficult to do on other days of the week. Sunday is a time of reflection, silence, cultivation of the mind, and meditation, which furthers the growth of the Christian interior life. Sanctifying Sundays and holy days requires a common effort. Every Christian should should avoid making unnecessary demands on others that would hinder them from observing the Lord's Day. Traditional activities with sports and restaurants, et cetera, and social necessities, public services, et cetera, requires some people to work on Sundays, but everyone should still take care to set aside sufficient time for leisure. With temperance and charity, the faithful will see to it that they can avoid the excesses and violence sometimes associated with popular leisure activities. In spite of economic constraints, public authorities should encourage citizens a time intended for rest and divine worship. Employers have a similar obligation towards their employees. In respecting religious liberty and the good for all Christians should seek to recognize Sundays and the church's holy days as legal holidays. They should give everyone a public example of prayer, respect, and joy to defend their traditions as a precious contribution to the social and spiritual life of society. If a country's legislation or other reasons require work on Sundays, the day should nevertheless be lived as a day of deliverance from which we let us share in this quote-unquote festal gathering in the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. All right, so there you have it from from the catechism. So that first paragraph was the one that, that sparked my interest in this. The idea that Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation are tied. I'd never heard this. I'd always, I'd always treated Holy Days of Obligation as a, you go to work, but you've got to sneak 
got to sneak into mass somehow, right? You got to make mass in there. So it, to me, this idea of a holy day of obligation has actually been more of a drudgery uh, because it was it was forcing me. You know, I try to go to mass when I can during the week. Uh, and it was basically saying, hey, you have to get to Mass. I know you're busy today. Uh, I know you got a busy calendar. Somehow work it in uh, and you, know, you carry the kids around. Oftentimes, my wife and I are trying to go really early in the morning with the kids or late at night or something like that. And it becomes you know, the, the word obligation. Um, you treat these great these great feasts of the church almost in a, in a, in a negative light because you're, you're having to hustle and bustle so much to make your day work around mass, which again, that on Sunday, that's normal for me, right? So on Sunday, our entire weekend is scheduled around, is around mass and worship and leisure. We know that. Um, and that's why, um, that, that's why to me, this comparing it to Sunday was, was something I'd never even considered. And it was kind of far from where I've, where I've been. You know, I, I look at, especially some of these ones that, you know, the assumption, the ascension, the immaculate conception, these things take place, you know, in the middle of the week sometimes, um, you know, all saints, same way. And sometimes it's difficult. And, and I've always said, how do I balance my work along with these holy days of obligation? And so what the church is clearly saying here in the catechism, and again, I've, I've consulted a, a few priests on this um, that, that I trust to make sure I'm not too far off on this, is that, yeah, no, we are, we are supposed to, to the extent that we can, to rest on Holy Days of Obligation. So what that, what that means to me is that we should be, if at all possible, if your job allows, if you have the PTO or the vacation time or the ability to be flexible on this thing, and maybe it's not a full day, maybe take a half day. You maybe take a half day of work. Maybe you set aside your calendar right now. Again, mentioned in the first part, this is a new year. We are at, we are in the new liturgical year. Maybe we set time aside right now. We look at our calendar and say, all right, what are those, what are those dates? This idea of, of the Lord ordaining us to rest. God rested on the seventh day. We are meant to rest. We are meant to recreate, to recreate, to partake in this creation and it's a commandment to enjoy life you know i think if you if you the amount of feasting that used to take place back in the middle ages was significant there were feasts and festivals all the time again the people lived in the land and whatnot and they didn't have a lot of possessions and so but that said they would they would feast and they would fa- they would they would get together with each other with festivals and singing and dancing and eating with, with some frequency, way more than we do, way more than we do. Um, and it was, it was very intentional, right? They were very intentional on, on doing that. And I, dare I say, how much more do we need to do that in today's world where, where we never rest, where we're constantly distracted. And this flipping holy days of obligation, the, the way I view them on its head, meaning, no, 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 Joe, this isn't a day of drudgery where you had to physically make time to do all these things in the middle of your work. This is the day the Lord has given you to rest. It's the day the Lord has given you to celebrate these great feasts. You know, I think of, um, you know, think of the ascension of the Lord, right? So if on May 18th, that's, that's this year's uh, day of the ascension, uh, you know, it's a Thursday, right? So normally I'm going to have to find time that day to sneak into to mass at some point, you know, over lunch or after dinner. What if, what if that day I take off work? So I, I clear the calendar out for that day and my family and, and me and what we get together, 
We go to mass, and we don't go to super early. We don't wake everyone out of bed at six thirty to get to the six thirty mass. We we go to an eight a.m. or we go to a noon or whenever it works for our family. And the rest of the day, we spend like we do on a Sunday. We do brunch. We get together. Maybe it's May. Maybe we go outside to a park and hang out. But the kids understand, and I understand that the reason we are doing this is because of the holy day of the ascension of the Lord. How much more I get out of that as me personally, right? So not not as a father, not as a um, not as a husband. But how much would I get out of that personally? Way more. I would I would much more enter into the ascension of the Lord than sneaking into mass for an hour, popping back to work. Again, this this is the vision of the church to the extent that we can, right? So they 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 mention that over and over um, uh, on that what I what I read from the catechism. You know, to the extent that you can do it, right? We understand there are legitimate excuses. We get that. They're they're. They understand that that's there are people who have to work on these various days, and uh, absolutely, that said, to the extent that we can, and, and it even I like a lot towards the end there when it talked about you know if this was a Christian culture, if if in a perfect world, if we lived if you know if America was a Catholic country, ostensibly Catholic, everyone was Catholic, the the and we were writing the laws for the country, we would make sure no one works on these days. There should be no work on those days. And so because of that, what can we do then in our in our most local society, our most local society, which is the family, the family unit? What can we do within our families if society, greater society is not going to do this, right? It's incumbent upon us as fathers, it's incumbent upon us as as brothers, as family members, as friends to other people to encourage this. Say, hey, guys, let's let's opt out. What if what if your work, for example, what if 30 percent of your workforce, I'm just throwing numbers out, was Catholic? And what if 30 percent of your workforce took that day off? That might send that might send a signal to the people at your company saying, man, 30 percent of our people are taking off this random Thursday in May. Perhaps that might that might get the ball moving. You know, if you had a really Catholic company and, and you guys stood up and said, no, no, we're not working on the 15th of August. That's just that today is too important to us. We want to celebrate the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we're going to do that today. And, you know, I thought about this. When you when you think to the church in its mercy, you know, they they. So, again, if, if a feast day falls on a Friday, right, they'll, they'll communicate it to um, they'll communicate oftentimes to to Sunday. And I believe this is not I, I don't have any insight to the Vatican. I don't know anyone who makes these decisions at the USCCB or anything like that. My assumption is that they're doing this in order to help people. Right. Because the holy day of obligation, if you miss mass in that day. That means that you're you committed mortal sin, right? So you've missed mass on a day that you're required to go to mass. You know, you're you're breaking the commandment to keep holy the Sabbath in, in the holy days. And so, I believe as uh, mass attendants dwindled, especially on, on Saturdays and Fridays and whatnot, when they just gone to mass, or maybe Mondays when when people had just gone to mass on Sunday, they're about to go to mass on Sunday. My assumption is they're communicating these because they don't want to help you know lead people to sin by missing these things. It's, it's, a, it's an act of, of mercy. But the church, again, I'm reading, it's my read on this. If that's the case, let's flip it again on its head and say, if if we actually truly believe that these were days where we get to just have a vacation day, we'd, we'd be mad. <laughs> we'd be angry that they're taking away our, our Monday of rest or our Friday of rest, you know, or, or Saturday, you know, even on a Saturday. These are days when we should be 
we should be looking forward to going to mass, celebrating this great feast and spending the rest of the day enjoying it with our family and friends and however we want to celebrate. Imagine if like they, you know, Thanksgiving obviously is always on Thursday, but imagine they can, ah, I know this year we're not going to do Thanksgiving. It's too close. We're going to move it to Sunday or something like that. You all know how that's, I, that's a day off. That's a day I get to celebrate with my family, my friends and whatnot. Uh, or the 4th of July, you know, falls on a weekend. I will just, you know, or falls on a Friday. We're going to move it to the weekend. You don't need to celebrate it, whatever. And, and when you change your mindset to think, no, 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 this is not a, you know, this is not a day of, of forcing us to, to have to do something. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to grow closer to the Lord. And I think that, I guess, when I look at this as a, as a New Year's resolution, that is something that as I'm looking at my calendar, I've already done it, right? So for December 8th, I got the, the list ahead of me here. It is a little bit difficult as I've, you know, because, again, because of things falling on Fridays and the getting commuted to a different day and stuff like it's a little tough for me to get my head wrapped exactly around it. But this is from the USCCB website. There are six holy days of obligation this upcoming liturgical year. And I'm seeing December 8th. So obviously the Immaculate Conception uh, that is on a Thursday this year. Uh, May 18th, which is the Ascension of the Lord. So May 18th. August 15th, which is a Tuesday, that is the Assumption. Uh, Wednesday, November 1st, which is All Saints. And then the uh, Immaculate Conception on December 8th. And then obviously, theoretically, um, Christmas and Easter, those are... So if Christmas doesn't fall on a Sunday, obviously, then it's obviously a a holy obligation. Um, so the, the the other ones are like I didn't mention January first. Well, January first is a Sunday this year, and so that that doesn't really it's, it's still a holy of obligation, obviously. But because it falls on a Sunday, Christmas falls on a Sunday. Those are assumed that you're already going, um, and so anytime that happens where uh, a date falls on a Sunday, they don't. But so for 2023, these are the ones that are, are currently in as as holy days of obligation. So I'll, I'll repeat them again: December eighth, May eighteenth, August fifth, August fifteenth. November 1st, December 8th. All right, so if you went into your calendar right now and just set those dates aside and say, all right, I'm going to set, I'm going to take these dates, and these are you know only really f- four in the, in the liturgical year, aside, and this is probably the least you'll have because we have a bunch of them hitting on Sundays, and this I'm going to ask for PTO, I'm going to ask for um, ask for vacation time, I'm going to just block these days out again. Maybe, maybe you can only do a half day. Let's just, let's block them out and let's change our mindset on on how this sh- should look. We have lots of time for fasting coming up, right? So I, I strongly encourage us as we get this week, we're entering the holy season of, of Advent. Um, strongly encourage you to I'm gonna do the same thing, right? To to take serious time away. Uh, and, and add additional silence in, additional prayer in, uh, and some fasting to prepare myself uh, for for Christmas. So we have lots of time. That said, not on the eighth. Nope, not on the eighth. We celebrate. We are we even in the midst of, of fasting. You know, during Lent, when we've got when there are feast days during Lent, we celebrate. We you know. On, on St. Joseph's Day, there should be no fasting. You know, when you're in the middle of Lent, we should be we should be feasting. And, and then the church does this for a reason. The church is very, um, in, in in her wisdom, she understands that we as human beings are made for both. We need we need to do both. And 
now that I, I have this vision of, of holiness of obligation as, as a mandate of the church to enjoy life, how much better does that sound, right? How much better does that sound? How much more excited are you about the ascension of the Lord when you're saying, oh, sorry, no, I'm sorry, my, my, my church is, 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 is requiring me to have fun rather than, oh, I have to go to church today. No, 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 no. You have to celebrate the feast of the Lord. You have to celebrate uh, mass. That's the highest form of worship. But then, you know, the rest of the day, we want you just to have fun. Go have fun with your family. Relax. You know, do works of, of service if you want. Do whatever it is that, that helps you grow in holiness and, and, and joy. You know, do the things that bring you joy. Um, how much how much different is our mindset when when that's how we're thinking about holiness of obligation? And again, there if you want to get deeper into the history of this, there's you know I was going back and forth with with Father McManus on this, and you know, he he definitely he went right back to the beginning um, when I was when I was talking with him. He was bringing up how listen there are um, the genesis of this is that we used to have. For you know, hundreds and hundreds of years, the Christians worked on Sundays, and then after a while, um, once we became a Christian society, we were able to do that. We were able to take Sundays off, and the, and the Jewish people and the Christian people had to come to agreement on they, them getting Saturdays, us getting Sundays, because otherwise everything would be closed on different. And so, anyway, um, you know, I thought this was was interesting. He said, you know, almost as soon as uh, the the uh, imperial policies changed. The powers Sundays became a national holiday, and in time, the weekend was born. In many places, there are actual formal agreements between Christians and Jews who kept fa- Sabbath and back- back-to-back days to ensure that essential services—doctors, pharma- pharmacists, security people—were always covered. And he goes, but now that we're living in a post-Christian society, everything happens on, on Sunday, rendering it virtually indistinguishable from the rest of the week. And as that catechism passed, suggests the poor suffer the most. And so then, um, you know, at the end of the day, and it goes on from here about how Sundays are not a day to catch up. They're not a day to get to get work, extra work done that you couldn't get done during the week. Sundays are a day to enjoy life. And, you know, we don't want to be scrupulous about the, the no working thing. If you enjoy gardening, like I hate gardening, so I cannot garden on Sundays. It's forbidden for me to garden on Sundays because I wouldn't hate it. But if you enjoy it, like that's what you should do on Sundays, right? If you really enjoy doing lawn work, like you like building a fence or whatever, I don't know. If you enjoy doing that, and that's really like how you how you give glory to God, then you can do it. If it's drudgery to you, you cannot. You're forbade from doing it. And so, same thing on holy days, holy days of obligation, right? This is not a day to be be forced into excess labors that we don't need to do. It is a, it is a day that the Lord has set aside in the church and her wisdom for us to grow closer to God through these great feast days and to to join ourselves to him through uh, through recreation, through the gift of rest. So I, ho- I hope that was worth your time because for me, I, um, I definitely saw it in a different light and obviously so much so that, you know, I, I, this whole last two, three weeks since I've heard of this concept and thought of this concept, I've been asking lots of priests and, and, and talking to a lot of people to make sure I'm not too far off. And people, everyone seems to agree this is, yes, this is the way that we need to go forward with this. So uh, I know in my calendar I've went ahead and I've, I've set aside these dates. I've already blocked them off. I hope you'll do the same. And hopefully we as, you know, we can start together to, to reclaim, to reclaim these holy days as as days of feasting, of days that we don't that we look forward to in the calendar, and that we can say, "Hey, no, as a Catholic, this day is important to me. I want to grow closer to the Lord."
Stick around. We'll head to a short break, and we'll be right back. Father PJ McManus here from Be Not Afraid. Join me along with Iowa Catholic Radio's Matt Wilcom for our Footprints of God Holy Land pilgrimage, November the 12th through the 21st of 2023. We'll see the Church of the Visitation, touch the top of Mount Calvary, and visit the famous Western Wall. Plus, expert pilgrimage guide and Catholic convert Steve Ray will be right there to bring the Bible to life at every site. Don't miss Iowa Catholic Radio's 2023 Holy Land pilgrimage. Early bird pricing available. Details at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. As the weather changes in central Iowa from fall to winter, so do the needs in our community. St. Vincent de Paul experiences a nearly 50% increase in need for food and clothing. You can help make a difference with a financial gift or donation of turkeys and hams to their food pantry. Consider volunteering at one of three locations in the Des Moines area or by joining a conference at your local Catholic parish. This season, count your blessings and discover how you can bless others. Learn more at svdpdsm.org. My help comes from you. You're right here Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for sticking around with me on uh, these thoughts I had. You know, just you know, sometimes I got I got a monologue, and, and this is just one of those times when I got something in my chest that I need to share. So thanks for sticking with me this long. Um, one thing I, I kind of glanced, I just I mentioned it briefly, but I want to expand upon a little bit more is this idea of, of Advent coming up. And you know, I usually will do a show. I've been pretty good. I mean, it's a good thing. Pretty busy with a lot of the, the shows we have. A lot of good guests. Um, I, I just want to take a minute to just encourage you this week, especially first week of Advent, twenty seventh. We have a full. We get the full gamut of Advent this week because Christmas falls on a Sunday, so you're getting four full weeks of Advent. So. Figure out what it is in your life the Lord's calling you to. Take time this week if you can. Maybe take an hour. Maybe go to adoration for an hour at some point. Sneak away. And just ask the Lord where he wants to take you this Advent. You know, try to figure out where he's calling you into silence, where he's calling you um, to to cut back on in order that, you know, as John the Baptist is going to tell us, I must decrease, he must increase. He must increase, I must decrease. Where is that in your life? How can you have less of yourself and more of him, make more room for him as we ready the way, you know, as we level the mountains, clear the plains um, for him this, this Advent season? So take time this week. You know, I, I just, I do it every year and it's always, I, the more I treat Advent like a Lent where I'm focusing really, you know, focusing in on how can I use this opportunity of the season, um, the, the more efficacious they have become. So this week, find time, take it, look at your schedule uh, and see if you can find an hour maybe or so to sit in quiet prayer and say, Lord, where do, where do you want me to be come Christmas? What, where do I need to decrease that you may increase this year? Thanks for joining me today on Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stoppios. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 